listen, seriously, user one, don't piss me off, man. Don't <laughs> don't hold up them damn signs. <laughs> and we don't need it. I can't find I'm looking in my bag for a pen. I can't Put find your one. Put damn book bag down. <laughs> That's the Lord telling you you don't need no pen. That's God coming down. Right. Right. Look at Let's go then. Let's well, hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Black Jackson Estate, episode 19. Welcome. We're going to get on this bull and we're going to ride it to the finish line. It's a beautiful day in the month of May, uh, and we're going to rock and roll. User one, are you there? What's up, y'all? User one's in the house. How you feeling? What you sipping on for today's episode? Oh, man, I am... You know, I don't have much this evening. This is just going to be a nice, smooth. I got a little of this, a little of that, a little kettle one. It's going to be real smooth. It's going to get hot real soon, but I'm going to be just fine. That's a very mature uh, selection for this evening, folks. User one is going to be our host for today's episode. She's going to drive us through a beautiful conversation about Little Michael's top 10 solo songs. And we can't wait to dig into that today. User 1.5, are you there? Tell the people okay. what you're sipping on today. Uh, because nobody asked, I am sipping on Woodford bourbon. Um, User one over there is real thugged out with her vodka. So uh shout outs to you. I'm a bourbon girl. Uh, user user two, what are you sipping on? I am sipping on the blue raspberry freeze slushy given mm. out by Taco Bell. Um <laughs> not the Taco have, Bell. If you haven't had the slushies from Taco Bell. Uh, you should give it a try. I'm a big fan of their wild strawberry as well. Um, so yeah, that's we, uh, that's my drink of choice. Can we talk really quick about the good news we all received from the CDC today? Was it really good news about not having to wear a mask? Like well, it's good news, but it's also like, is it true? The good part is that. I'm still going to wear my mask, okay? Especially around people I don't know because people were dirty prior to this and they're going to be dirty after this. However, it's just nice to know that us vaccinated folks have options now. You know? It is. I I was about to snap on my grandmother's uh, primary physician because he told her she was fully vaccinated and she didn't need to wear a mask last week. And I told her to absolutely ignore that man's advice. Um, So, of course, the CDC came behind me and just undid everything that I was able to accomplish with my grandmother. But you know what? I think I've convinced her. I've put enough KN95s in her house uh, where it's pretty much unavoidable. So, CDC, I appreciate y'all looking out. But no thanks. I'm going to Michael Jackson it until at least 2023. That's just how I feel about it. Huh? 2023 yeah i don't i ain't going there i'm i'm gonna be out here breathing fresh air well, i'm gonna put it to you this way i'm never going into the grocery store without a mask on again i'm not talking about kicking it with the homies and family and stuff like that but you're talking about going to the mall sitting in a movie theater i don't feel the need to expose my face to other people anymore that's fair and also, I haven't had a cold in a really long time. What about you guys? 
not just the whatever that the vaccine gave me. Yeah, and that's yeah. you signed up for that. Mm-hmm. No, no, haven't been sick. Haven't had a cold. Haven't had clients come in and breathe in my face and get me sick. So it's been wonderful. Um, you know, no, the the masks definitely have a place. Uh, but at least we can raw dog the air outside at this point. So I'm excited. We can do what to the air? Raw dog the air outside. Jesus. Yeah. I'm excited. She just wanted me to say it again, but it's fine. I said it. <laughs> raw doggy. Kindly <laughs> <laughs> <Golly> to <tomatty. laughs> well y'all uh i am user two and if you love this content please please become a sponsor of the black jackson estate podcast for the low low cost of 31.96 you can help cover all the costs of this freaking pod i know you love what we've got going on especially when we raw dog it some of our legendary sponsors include user four, Alicia Williams, user five, Pamela Price, and user six, Elise Capron. We appreciate y'all for being legendary sponsors. Are you, dear listener, going to be next? Please go and give us a dime at www.paypal.me forward slash Black Jack Estate. You can also find us on the social media. User one runs our Twitter account. That's BLK Jack Estate. Also, a uh, user 1.5 also runs our Instagram, which is BLK Jack Estate. You can also find her personal social media at Lena Latoya. And I am your sweet user two. You can find me on Twitter at Ashley K Blue. That's Ashley with an I, no cap. Wherever you're streaming us, hit pause real quick, leave a comment, or you know what? You know how to multitask. You don't have to hit pause. Just scroll up, leave us a quick comment, tell us where you are, uh, tell us how much you love this episode or hate it, and give us the rating. We are on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Listen Notes, Pod Play, Pod Toppin, Overcast, Pod Bean, and so many more. But we can't see you if you don't leave a comment. So please say hello from the comments below. And uh, I think that is all of the sponsorship goodies that we have for y'all today. User one, our last episode, episode 18, we talked about Michael Jackson's style and we got a bit of feedback from folks. Absolutely. So of course, each time we drop something, some people like it, some people just don't understand our culture or sense of humor. I don't know. You're missing it, but it's okay. We still enjoy the feedback. We like knowing what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, we we definitely had some interesting comments about uh, the style episode. Um, I think we'd said at one point that we really weren't feeling um, Michael's arm brace or the um, the knee pads just felt that they were unnecessary and um, not iconic that, you know, I was a part of his style, but just not an iconic part. And we had some folks on Twitter tell us, hey, you know, I don't necessarily like you guys talking bad about Michael's uh, knee pads and his uh, his uh, his armor wear. You know, we like that. And we appreciate you. Thanks for letting us know what you think. We don't all have to agree. So we appreciate you letting us know that, hey, I actually really like those pieces from Michael. And I think they're kind of dope. And I think y'all might be hating a little bit. Let me be clear. If we are going to hate on something about Michael, it will not be those knee pads and that arm (laughs) brace. Uh, As a uh, big fan of the 
motherfucking shin guards. I have to say, you know, user two is team shin guard. That yeah, you can always count on Michael Jackson fans to find a reason. You're damn right. That's what we're here for. <laughs> right. Why Michael put that baby over the balcony? Well, let me explain. Jermaine you know, explained it best. Go back and listen to our Jermaine episode. He explained it the best. The fans <laughs> wanted to see the baby. What did he you want him to tight do? And strong. He was holding him tight and strong. And y'all need to let that go. He didn't and let that baby fall. Strong grip on mm-hmm, my child. Mm-hmm. And that's how you explain that. And Ooh. that's that. But moving on to another comment that we got from yeah. Alex. Oh, yeah, we got to go. At Alex I-N-O-U. He gave us, he always lives his great comments. We love you, man. He says, so why did Michael Jackson dress how he dressed? Love the analysis, the conversation about the choices, their meaning and impacts and love the humor too. Great bits about the black jeans and gold trousers. And thanks for explaining what Golden Corral is. That, I think that last bit is really what, I know we did the right thing in in recording the episode because now we have exposed Golden Corral to the world. Amen. I I feel privileged in having done that as well. Um, Yeah, if you get a chance to step foot in the southern United States, make sure that you go and get yourself a nice buttery roll from Golden Corral. Ooh, that's so good. Those those rolls are good. Yeah. Listen, y'all, we appreciate all your comments. Keep leaving us comments. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, that's cool, too. Um, And I think that's the, the good thing about the Michael Jackson community. There's so many people so many different opinions, so many different ideas. Um, We don't all have to think the same. We don't all have to ascribe to the same conclusion about things uh, in Michael's life or his work. Uh, And we can all have different ideas so long as they are rooted in what we feel is the truth. Um, And so thanks again, everybody, for leaving comments on Twitter or Podbean or Apple or Spotify or Instagram. It doesn't matter where you're leaving us a comment. We are always reading it. We are always, we talk about it. Uh, We're always uh, engaging and trying to understand uh, what you guys think, because we certainly aren't the only voices and what we say resonates with some doesn't with others so we appreciate you guys uh tuning in and giving us feedback on our episodes yeah and if we always agreed that'd be a pretty boring podcast don't you that's pretty boring yeah that's 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 no fun i mean you see it a lot online i mean i kind of love when the outliers say something uh spicy and the and a lot of the fans get angry it's like god let them have an opinion so you know everybody doesn't have to think the same everybody don't like billy jean okay It's just, you know, and that's cool. Some people really love little Susie. I don't understand. So yeah, appreciate y'all. Appreciate just the diversity of thought, uh, which always leads to better discussion about anything. So we love to see it. So moving swiftly, we want to remind you guys, last episode, we made our first request for y'all to send us fan fiction. We want to read your fan fiction on the podcast so if you are a fan fiction writer or if you enjoy fan fiction and want to send us one of your uh favorite pieces of literature please 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 send it to the black jackson estate again we want to read it on the podcast email us at the black jackson estate at gmail.com again our email address is the black jackson estate at gmail.com send us what you got and uh we had rules in the last episode you know 18 and up uh, keep it pg and uh make it spicy if you want to record yourself reading it we would absolutely love to play it and if you want me to read it 
be prepared for my British accent. Or maybe I'll try to go a little bit more Australian. No, you're going to ruin it. No, no, you're going to ruin it. The nuance between a British accent and Australian, it's really difficult to grasp. She said British. British. That's how the the British that don't live in the castle sound. Right. (laughs) Fucking right. Bloody right. Anyway, you guys, uh, send us your favorite fan fiction at the Black Jackson Estate at gmail.com. We appreciate it. We love you. Moving on. You know what that sound is? That's our news segment music. This is the Black Jackson Estate News Minute, where we run through all the hot topics in the Jackson world. First up, Prince Jackson joins the Michael Jackson estate and Paris Jackson joins the Heal LA nonprofit. User one, what do you have on the details for this situation? You got so many details on both of these. Well, we got a little bit on Paris, so we can cover that really quickly. Paris joins in. There was a tweet that went out from the official account for Heal LA saying that Paris was going to be a part of the organization, which is super dope because Michael was all about charity. So his kids officially joining in and teaming up on efforts that he created really that, you know, Prince revived um, and brought back to life. And that has been doing so much good work out in LA. That's really great. So claps for Paris because um, it's, it's just needed work. And you don't see a lot of times celebrity kids taking these very strong stances as far as giving back to others um prince does so much work so i i'm just so glad to see his sister joining in i think it'll be a good uh a good fit and i know the fans are excited about it um so uh they're gonna do so much good work uh and to know that they still have that jackson name and that's what it's tying back to i think is a really good thing now as far as prince so i'm just gonna read a little bit from an article that's been circulating on twitter about what's going on with prince joining the estate so apparently, according to court documents, uh, Prince will be brought in to work on designated projects. Prince does have a, have a bachelor's degree in business administration and is being brought on as a special consultant, but it's not clear the sort of projects he's going to be working on. Um, there's a quote from the uh, state managers that says the managers believe it would be in the best interest of the estate and the MJJ business for Michael's son, Prince, to be employed by the estate and or one of its entities as a consultant on certain designated projects. Therefore, uh, they, the estate's asking the court to authorize them to employ Prince as a consultant on terms that will be decided between uh, the parties. Uh, The executors, everyone's favorite, Mr. John Branca and John McClain, have also said in this filing how difficult it's been to manage the business of Michael Jackson and to get it to a profitable venture and uh, how much hard it is to represent a deceased celebrity. Uh, They pointed out that they renegotiated and restructured more than $400 million in debt that encumbered Michael's most significant assets and that allowed them to satisfy the debt without selling any of his assets, which is a big thing. Um, They also added that a living artist promotes their brand by creating new music and touring, um, et cetera, personal appearances, social media, blah, blah, blah. And that 
if you're dead, you can't do that, right? You can't help yourself in that way. And so they can't rely on that part. And so it's so much harder to promote a dead artist. Um, and so I think in that too, they also were asking for a little bump in their pay. Um, and they were making the case for that. Here nor there, everyone's got different feelings about the estate and whether or not they're even legit, but they do exist today. They are legit in the eyes of the law. And um, I don't know, what do you guys think? Do you think that there's a lot of, uh, what do you think, A, about Prince joining? Um, and B, what do you think about the estate saying, oh, he's so hard. I work so hard. It's just so hard. He's dead. It's so hard. <laughs> I think your accent says it all. Um, I think it's a win that Prince is going to get consulting fees he absolutely should be consulted on all projects as michael jackson's first son um eldest son and eldest child he should have that ability to have say over everything i mean it's kind of like when you see uh maybe a biopic of a deceased person you expect for their family to be consulted on that project. You know, I think for Michael to ha- continue, Michael's estate to continue to put out projects, his children absolutely should be consultants on those as soon as they are of age to be so and it's appropriate. Um, about the estate trying to get their pay increase, no one's surprised by that. I cannot wait until John Bronca and John McClain are fully escorted off of this duty of theirs is there somebody else that i'm missing i'm just over everyone on the estate um i just find it i'm glad prince is there to maybe actually give them some credibility because they just don't have a whole lot in the fan community i know some fans are like oh let's just enjoy the whatever i think that's such a bad that's such a bad attitude that's like (laughs) let's just enjoy um, you know, someone who's been wronged and whatever, let's just enjoy their, their product at the end of the day. Let's not, let's not pursue whatever justice would in would, would go to whatever the ends of justice are. Um, you know, I think, I think about something like, let's say Coretta Scott King, who really did her life's work really was to make sure that the entity that killed her husband was held accountable in a court of law. Right. And that entity, being the United States government, was in a civil action, right, to a certain degree. But all the money that she made between his death and then, I'm sure, did not mean near as much as there being real acknowledgement of what happened to this person that she loved, her husband. And I think, to me, not to to overinflate or to be hyperbolic about it, but to me, Michael is fits into a similar sort of category. Some people just want to enjoy the stuff, and it's like something really wrong happened here in 2009, and we still don't know the full story. And this estate, these people who are running it, they're a part of the question marks for legitimate reasons. And I think that the fans are just not willing to put that on the back burner. A lot of fans aren't. So Prince joining gives them actually an air of legitimacy that for many people, they just don't have. Or at the very least, he becomes someone who can watch over things in a way. But I don't know. I think that might be an outsized expectation. He's being brought on as a consultant. Um, And so that's very different from anything 
that whatever he's entitled to under the will or anything like that, that maybe has not come to pass yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how it, how it shakes itself out. What do you think user 1.5? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm glad that Prince is a part of it. Uh, I've always said that one of the children, you know, and, you know, y'all don't don't get mad at me in uh, podcast land, but preferably the one with the most sense, Prince, uh, would be, should be on, you know, helping with the estate and helping with some of the things that his father wanted because he knows probably better than anybody else uh, what his dad would have wanted, especially towards the end of his life, because he was old enough for to have those conversations with Michael. Um, yeah, this estate want more money. I mean, that's like Britney Spears conservators asking for more money, but the poor girl can't, you know, go to the doctor without asking first. So, I mean, it's it's that's going to happen. Um, it's their job to lay out their case as to why they should be getting paid even more than they already are. Although the fans do most of their work as far as keeping Michael's legacy alive. So, I mean, that's, and that's a fact, Jack. I just want to, I want to make sure we put that on Mary had a little lamb because they don't do any of the heavy lifting. And this is not an episode about them. This is still the news segment, but I just want to say amen to that. They do not keep Michael moving the way the fans do. And that's period. But they cash in six figure, seven figure checks. Just gonna throw it out there. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They do whatever it is they do. And even on the Michael Jackson Instagram page, which is run by somebody in this state, I'm assuming. I mean they they don't even post it's just ridiculous. Anyway, um Hell they don't even know when it's an authentic picture or not half the time. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, that is what it is. That's what it's going to be. Uh, you know, everybody got to hand out. Everybody feel like they've done such a great job because what, because y'all flipped his debt. I mean, Michael said himself, you know, that he was worth more dead than alive. So we already knew, you know, that sales were going to move, shows were going to move, you know, um, after, you know, June 25th, 2009. So, um, but good for Prince. I'm happy for him. I, I want to see, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in the future, um, as far as the estate goes, because I really do think he's a good kid and I really do appreciate the work um, that he's doing with charities and, and, and just to help people. He really seems like he's a, a good person, a genuinely good person. So good for him. We'll, we'll see what he does. Hey man, stick to your guns. Yeah. I remember that from the Jacksons in American dream when fake Jermaine said that to fake Tito. <laughs> watching all those tiktoks with that account damn right y'all if you haven't found the tiktok that exclusively posts clips from the jacksons and american dream i'm sorry for you but i will link it in the show notes so scroll up and click the link you're welcome moving on uh it's a white man named that had a lawsuit dismissed user one do you have more details on this one it's been dismissed Period. That's the the order of the court. Period. Period. Once again, it's been dismissed. And I don't really know that there's much else to say here. Well, let's just let the news music play a little bit longer then. (laughs) All right, moving on. Uh Uh-huh. Michael Jackson IRS tax win. User one, what have you got on the story? So this is like a crazy story that's been going on for some time now, uh, literally since he died. Because the... uh, 
IRS, let me tell you what, man, the biggest, the biggest debt collector, uh, money collector in the world. And they got all the power and all the money and all the guns, man. And all the jail cells, they will put you in one if they don't get their money. And I can tell you that you can ask Wesley Snipes about that because they will put you in a jail cell. But let me tell you what, I'm just saying, because shout out to Wesley Snipes. He didn't need to be brought into this at all. I love him. He didn't need to be brought into this at all. Shout out to Lauren Hill. <laughs> Lauren, oh, no, too. So many people know what's up with the IRS. But at any rate, Michael dies. They go, hmm, there's money here. He owes, he's got all some money here. I know that. Anyway, they get into this big thing with the estate. He, you owes five hundred million dollars in estate taxes. The, the estate's like, no, that's not that's not what we owe you. We don't owe you that. Matter of fact, our guy, the value of him when he died was only about two thousand bucks, which is. Just, his his likeness and image the the people who defend him said it was worth about two thousand dollars i don't care how you flip it and reverse it i'm an attorney i get it you want to put your client in the best position and you're going to use whatever little tricks and tools and uh, experts and valuation experts that you've hired to 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 play that part for you and to make your point but that's just ridiculous Literally, the judge said in this case, the estate valued one of the most known entertainers in the world at the price of a used, heavily used 20-year-old Honda. And it takes a lot to overuse a Honda because they just start working at 100,000 miles. (laughs) Just just turns on then. That's Mm -hmm. true. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I would also like to say that there was a um, uh, there. So I'm reading an article from Above the Law, which is a very big um, um, site blog post for that attorneys read and law students read. And it says, uh, and this is a, from the opinion in this IRS decision from the judge. It says the opinion eerily states that soon the hospital where Jackson's body lay surrounded by much of his family had another room filled with a haphazard team of intellectual property lawyers and advisors, so many that they might have outnumbered Jackson's family. Once there, they immediately began to discuss the administration of the estate and how to protect his image and likeness. Imagine. That was happening as this family was grieving the sudden death as these children were trying to understand what happened to their daddy, there was a team full of money people and lawyers trying to figure out what to do next. And we're moving on. Moving on to the next news item. Our next item highlights the highly anticipated verses between SWV and Escape, where Michael Jackson made an appearance from the other side, user one, can you give the people a little bit more on this story and what is noted as a very small man who may or may not have dated Janet Jackson? <laughs> so I think everybody knows at this point about the versus battles. If you don't, it is a, a concept that was created by, I believe, Swiss Beats and Timberland doing, during the pandemic when it first started. I think their idea was simply to do something for people so they could be entertained while literally the world was falling apart and everyone's stressed out. And everyone is drinking way too much alcohol and smoking way too much weed and everything in between. They said, well, let's do something with entertainment, with music stars that'll be 
entertaining the people and help them through a very difficult time. So they started doing head to heads with artists and producers who were popular and successful during the same time period and just blew up. So the latest of that battle has been between two girl groups of the 90s, which if you grew up in the 90s, so we were babes in the early 90s when they were coming out. But if you were a teenager and certainly if you were older than that, you was grown, um, you know who these ladies are. The ladies, the sisters with voices and Escape, SWV and Escape had a crazy verses that I think everybody was just waiting to get down for. Um, I was excited about it. I just really wanted to hear week and they, I had to wait like two hours to hear it or three or however long. But um, they, what was really cool was that Michael Jackson made a couple of appearances during this versus uh, he is sampled on a couple of songs that showed up. So right here um, by SWV, obviously samples heavily from Michael Jackson's human nature and keep on keeping on, which features, um, MC Light, MC Light. Oh, That's bad, MC sorry. Light. Is is Queen Latifah on that too? Uh, I know for sure MC Light's on it. It's I don't MC know about Light. It. Yeah. Is it just MC I think, Light? Okay. I think you're you're yeah. mixing that one up with the Brandy song that has yep, both of them yep, on there. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but that one's just MC Light. That one's just that's one of my favorite samples of Liberian Girl because MC Light is one of the best female MCs. Period. I could put her head to head. I love Nicki Minaj. I love Cardi. I love Meg. But let me tell you, those rappers from the 90s, those female rappers, you don't want that smoke. Light. Light is a rock. Light is a rock. You do not want that smoke. Period. And that's period. So that was nice to see them drop those tracks, uh, which were hits for them. And again, sampling Michael Jackson. So it just shows again, how much influence he's had over so much music, so many genres, so many, the culture, black culture. We just love Michael Jackson period. Um, and if we can get clearance to use his stuff, we're going to sing something over it. I know that's right. So also what was cool was everybody knows. And if you don't know, Jermaine Dupree signed escape to so so deaf back in the day. Like they said, nobody was trying to hear them. He heard them. It was like, I see something here. He's like the little hip hop Barry Gordy from Atlanta. And it's his um little. He got the ladies on his skin was looking times. so good. What he's y'all just his call him little really good. and it's so rude and disrespectful. Y'all don't call that man little. He's short. He looked great. And I just want to say he came out. And he, you know, gave a little hype man intro. It was cool to see that he was there. It was in Atlanta, you know, after all. But he didn't have to show up. So I thought it was really cool that he was there. You know, he didn't have to do a lot, just a little. Stop it. Moving on to the next news item. Janet Jackson hosts an auction. And as of the recording of this podcast, the yard sale... The auction has not taken place, and as it stands, user two is the only person who has actively placed a bid for (laughs) the auction, which is scheduled to begin tomorrow. Can the other users guess what I placed 
You bid on that Latoya picture. It may not have been that damn picture. It was that Latoya picture. Was it? And let me tell you why it's not the picture of Latoya, (laughs) but I wanted it to be. The Latoya prices are way too high. Okay. Why? Too many people put a bid in for Latoya. And I don't know. That picture that Janet drew of Latoya. That picture that Janet drew on the back of a piece of notebook paper and wrote Latoya Jackson. Is she trolling her sister? Can we just absolutely troll? Why? This is it's uncanny likeness. Now I'm gonna give it to Janet. Okay. Shut your mouth. It it looks real close. the Latoya that I've grown to know and love after reading 1.5 of her books. So I'm just saying, you know, Janet don't even look like her. She looked like alien predator. That's not her. It looks exactly like her. It looks exactly like Janet drew of Latoya looks very similar to the picture Michael drew of Latoya. Who keeps that? <laughs> but who keeps that? Who and then keeps said, their report cards? I mean, these are well, things that you just find in a in a chest that you Well, why have. wouldn't you give your sister back that picture and say, it's girl, fucking hilarious. It and yeah. it means nothing to any of them, but some idiot is going to bid on it. Now, let me tell you. It means the, something to Latoya. She's had a lot of work done. LaToya that is not how not, she wants to be represented today. Latoya does not give a damn about this picture. Janet drew and got knows when so you don't know that you don't know that here she might be furious at the house she's not it look because it looks like her you can't how be y'all know that how you know that though i think it's hilarious and i had plans for this picture it's a too. joke on latoya but let me tell you what's happening with the portrait yeah this photograph picture. is now at Twelve hundred and fifty American dollars. Now keep That's in mind, the starting bid was a hundred. I was willing to pay a hundred dollars plus taxes and fees for this picture and the subsequent frame that might go with it. But when I clicked this and saw that the current bid is at twelve fifty, and the estimate was only that it was going to sell between four hundred and six hundred dollars, that's when I knew y'all have lost your goddamn mind. There is no way on God's green earth that I'm going to pay. Twelve hundred dollars for this goofy rendering that Janet probably her hair made. all strangling in it too, not like, only cracking strangling. up laughing. Like, do what? you see how far her part? She made that part in the middle of her head. <laughs> oh, Janet, you really gave it to her on this. Y'all one. got problems. Y'all need to and, apologize to Latoya. And then Jackson. she had the nerve to sign it, Latoya Jackson by Janet Jackson. I I'm, you know, I'm, so, if I was if I was Latoya, I would I, I would show her something like, okay, bitch. And well, she I got some live. things. I got some things in my uh, yard sale too about you. Why she don't have no lips though? Latoya, get your yard sale together. There's so many things you can unpack from this one portrait. This is too much. Latoya, get your yard sale together. Get your things. Get your. I did place a hundred dollar bid today, and it was on Janet's couch. I feel comfortable saying that now because by the time (laughs) y'all listen to this, the auction will be over. I do need a couch because I am moving this summer. So if I end up with Demita's, that would be great. I probably won't because clearly this Latoya picture is at 1250. Who knows where it's going to actually end up when the fucking auction happens to be continued. Can't wait to unpack that on the next episode. I hate this. Um, is accurate. I, that's I was just going to say, what other thoughts do y'all have about the, the uh, auction like slash it. yard I sale? I don't like this yard sale at all. Why didn't the Blacksmithsonian and every other 
uh, rock and roll hall of fame ass institution. Why, why aren't they buying this? Like maybe they're the ones who got this picture at twelve fifty because they're buying it to put it in DC somewhere. That's a lie. That's a lie. Nobody's buying this stuff. It's yard sale items. Listen. Is this like a therapy exercise? Like her therapist said, you need. No, nope, she needs something. to get rid of this stuff. She probably moving or something, and she she wants no because these Jacksons good for this just, shit around. No, them. they good for having an ample space storage in every city. Yeah, but why should Janet pay for that when she has a whole? You asking child. a question from the perspective of a poor person. You're right. I just want to throw poor. it out there. You're yeah, right. I just want to throw it out I mean, This okay, is a so poor, poc- a poor people things. podcast. <laughs> the, Janet the poor- doesn't want these things. <laughs> you, know how, you know how Reverend Barber is with the poor people's campaign? This is the poor people's that's like That's like somebody well, from the third world asking you, why you buying DoorDash when you got meat in the refrigerator? I dead ass don't think Janet wants to pay for the storage unions. It's a waste of money. I don't think that's it. She wasted money on these niggas. She's still messing with and everything. But how it was only she, a little how bit. How much money she done spent dealing with the dude? Preacher. Oh, no. No, no, no. On the dude with the baby. How much money she done spent Look, fighting him? Can I just say, in Janet's defense, because I don't need the Janet fam coming at us too hard about the yard sale items. She did <laughs> say, <laughs> she did say that this is, is going to charity. She put a video out on her Instagram and probably her other media platforms doing that weird thing where she lays on her back and holds the phone up above her head and talks. I love it when she I can't stand that. it. I don't know why we're why we're getting that view from her every time. That's because almost as bad. it's sexual. <laughs> okay. No, it see, not, Michael would y'all. say don't make it sexual, but it's sexual. I want to move on to the Jackson's extended <laughs> Janet, I'm absolutely going to do an opposing TikTok to that now that I realize you're giving me bottom cam. Oh, my God. She's she's yard selling this stuff. Like, she's selling a a set of diamond earrings that was gifted to her by Oprah Winfrey with the case. So she clearly never put them on. Yes. The starting bid is $300. Like they're estimated to go for six to eight thousand dollars, and they're not even cute earrings. Okay, can you please People, screenshot that because I, I sure never will want to forget that one or send me the I link. Sure Put the link in the group chat. People just don't, you know. She don't want this stuff. She clearly doesn't want these items, but she doesn't want to throw them away because that would be rude. So she's selling it to y'all. Yeah, what else is she supposed to do with shit Oprah gave her? You, you know what would that be negative dope? energy in no, the house. We, Yeah, no, definitely. You know what we, would be dope? If celebrities, when they get to this place and they're going, I got a bunch of stuff I want to get rid of. If they would just say, I love my fans, send me your name and address. I'm just going to start sending people stuff. Well, that's basically what she's going to do. We just got to pay. No, that's <laughs> not what I'm saying. <laughs> so there's free 99 because your fans have already invested thousands and thousands of dollars in you. And now you, give you, a fuck about you could, but that's what I'm saying. It would be cool if a celebrity just took that stance to say, you know what? These, and, hey, so let me, like you said, let me give some stuff to some museums and places for history's sake and for keeping it. And then some stuff like Latoya's picture, you just might get something in the mail from me and it's a portrait of my sister that I drew when I was not. Send it to me. I just think that would be cool versus saying like, oh, we're doing auctions for a good cause. You know, it's a good cause. Giving back to all these people who have devoted so much of their time and money to supporting you and etc etc i just think that would be kind of dope that's just me i feel like janet has cleaned out her house in america because she's no longer here and she was like sell all that shit nah because one of them couches was the one she was sitting on in london 
Oh, well, her ass all y'all want that ass couch. Y'all are nasty. Oh, y'all really want that. Gonna Febreze it. And so this yes. is the ass corona. First couch. of all, if you know anything about defeating the virus, you know that Tide has an antibacterial fabric spray that kills 99.9% of germs, including the coronavirus. Oh wow. So y'all got an ass corona ass couch. That's Ashley just made that price go up because I didn't know her ass was sitting on it. So she need to thank you. She need to send you a thank you note because somebody's going to buy that ca- bid on that couch now because you said that. No, they're not because the auction is going to be tomorrow and it'll be over by the time this podcast goes live. So by the time mm-hmm. this podcast goes live, there's two things that we may know or I will surely be on the quest for. Who will be the final owner of this goddamn Latoya Jackson drawing and who is going to outbid me for the couch. I need both of those people to speak up, reveal yourselves and know that there still may be a bargain out there for you with me. Email the black Jackson estate at gmail.com. <laughs> Happy bidding y'all. Happy bidding. Happy bidding. Enjoy. Moving on to the next news item, the Jacksons extended releases. The brothers have put their heads together and given us a couple of re-releases. Physical copies are slim, but digital releases are plentiful. I find myself not giving a hot damn about any of this. User one, what can you tell the people about the Jacksons extended releases? It happened. It happened. It happened. They did it. They they dropped the extended release of 2300 Jackson Street, the Triumph album. Is it all of them? Victory? I just don't care. I think it's all of them. But I think most, uh, the highlight is that there is a really nice remix of Can You Feel It with Kirk Franklin featuring Tamala Mann. And everybody knows Tamala Mann will take you to the king. She definitely did her thing on this one. I thought that was the real that was the real bright spot in these extended releases. The rest of it, oh, I could do without, but and it wasn't anything to kind of go crazy or write home about. But the part uh with the Kirk Franklin remix was really, really, really nice. And I think that um that's gonna open them up to a different audience. Uh and it has Michael and Randy's vocals all over it. I don't know if it contains all the brothers vocals, the background, because there's a choir back there that, you know, how Kirk does. So there's a choir back there. Um, there's also a video that got released with that, um, with that remix. So it's really cool. I thought I liked it. Did you guys listen to the song, the, uh, remix? You talking about this Jackson song? No, I'm talking about the one he did with, uh, the part of Kirk Franklin and the Jackson family. I no. But if I did I listen to Kirk Franklin and the family sing Rain on Me or Melodies from Heaven, pardon? Yes. I have no desire to unmute that song. Um, I will say, however, Kirk Franklin is one of the biggest Michael Jackson fans on planet Earth. And for that man to be a gospel artist, I have been to at least three of his shows and he always does a Michael Jackson tribute. Like, Always, every single show. This was a good matchup. I'm glad uh, Kirk was able to get a check. I'm glad the brothers were able to do the same. I just don't give a fuck. Praise the Lord, though. 
Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a nice touch. I think if they're trying to come back out, I think that was a good way to do it. Uh, a lot of people liked it. A lot of people didn't. I saw a lot of comments from uh, some old heads who are there, you know, their contemporaries saying that they didn't really like it. Saw some younger people saying that they thought it was really nice. So, you know, Kirk has his his audience and who he's trying to reach. And he always just does a nice, clean job. Um, and I thought it was just cool. Uh, like user two said, Kirk Franklin is someone who we've actually met and he's a nice guy and he does good stuff. He's small. He's not a small man. But he's he's good money, and so are the Jackson. So it's worth listening to. We'll put a a link in our show notes so you can go check the video out and see how you feel. And Tamala, man, again, her voice is just crazy. So I'm definitely playing melodies from heaven right now. Uh, uh All right, cut it. Moving on to the next news item. May birthdays in the Jackson family. We've got Mama Kate. We got Jackie Jackson, we've got Janet Jackson, we've got Latoya Jackson, and we've got our dear cousin Stevie Wonder Jackson, all born in the month of May. What was the Lord trying to do when He sent all these Jacksons into the month of May? Like, what is that uh, very aggressive? Is that Taurus energy? What in it? What is this? This is Taurus energy, right? Yeah, that's Taurus energy. But happy birthday, everybody, especially to Mama Katie, who turned 90, 91? 91. I don't know. I think she turned 91. And what a blessing. That's just great to still have your mother here. 91 years. She's in good health. Uh, That's awesome. And I know they loved all up on her on her birthday and also on Jackie's birthday. And we still got some more birthdays coming up. Happy birthday, Stevie Wonder who is turning who turned 71 today which is crazy um the cb wonder is 71 uh but again you know god is just keeping these folks their skin look clear they looking good i'm for it i am absolutely all for it god bless you all and happy may to you the next item on our news roundup the brothers the brothers, the brothers. Instead of staying focused on the re-releases, they are accepting apologies on behalf of their dear, sweet little sister. The brothers accept an apology from Jackson, which miraculously was not an apology directed at them. User one, can you give the folks some more detail on this situation as it's gone down? Well, this is a developing story, folks. Hopefully it will have developed and died by the time you guys hear this. But essentially, Jackie, Marlon, Tito were asked on a podcast, hey, how do you guys feel about apologizing for what happened with your sister at the Super Bowl? And they pretty much said, thank you. We'd like to move forward because that did, you know, it was out there, you know, uh, the negativity about it. But, uh, you know, as they say in the old days, Long as they're talking about you, good or bad, you're still in the public side. And we thank yeah. you, Justin, for what you're doing, what you did. Go on, Jackie. I'm sorry. I, 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 you said, you Jackie, said, what did you want to say? The same thing Marley was going to say pretty much. You know, he's uh, like the, the nice that he did something like that because it kind of hurt Janet, you know, in the past. And she, uh, for him to step up and say that. Marley makes a comment that, you know. So long as good, bad, or whatever, so long as they're talking about you, you're still in the in the 
you know, you're in the public sphere of consciousness, I guess. And I just think that's such a cringeworthy idea uh, in 2021 because that idea of people talking about you constantly is a part of what led to Michael's demise. Just (laughs) so I don't like that. But at either rate, they said that they were happy that Justin gave the apology. I don't want to say that they were they were accepting it on Janet's behalf or anything like that because it didn't come off that way. It just came off as inappropriate because she has not said anything since he issued that little statement from whoever wrote it for him. I doubt he wrote it. Um, Maybe he did, but she has not said anything publicly. So for them to kind of take the rein to take the microphone out of, if anyone has to say anything, it needs to be her. And um, they're very good at evading questions about Michael. They don't want to answer, but then it came to this, which I felt was something that wasn't necessarily the most appropriate for them to touch on. And they went a hundred percent in on it. So, you know, I, you know, that's their their opinion. I don't know about this. All this thank you, thank you, thank you that they were doing, but that's that's where they were at. Yeah, we hated it. Moving on. User One's got Billboard trivia where we give you the fun facts about Michael Jackson as it relates to his chart topping positions on Billboard. User One. What facts do you have for the people this episode? Mike had a couple of songs peaking um, in the Hot 100 in the month of May. One was In the Closet, which peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100, May 30th of 1992. That's a bob. Everybody loves that song. So um, six is six, six. I don't know. I feel like it's a top five, but six is close. I don't think that's a number one, but I think it's a top five. But anyway, so along those same lines so uh, obviously so some of the stuff is around dangerous is really they album dangerous the release so who is it from dangerous also peaked at number 14 may 15th of 1993 so michael definitely was uh charting in the month of may back in the 90s with another number one hit from him which was his uh, fourth studio album from Epic Records, Dangerous, uh, In the Closet, and Who Is It? And not to be outdone, shout out again to Stevie Wonder, who is celebrating a birthday. Get it! Stevie Wonder song featuring Michael Jackson peaked at number 80 on May the 28th, 1988. I love Michael and Stevie working together. It's always great. We love to see it. Stevie is the goat of all goats. He cannot be ungoated. And that's just that on that, kids. User one, any other billboard trivia for the kids? Oh, there's plenty more, but that's all you get this time. And next time we come back, it'll be a new month and we'll cycle back around to some amazing stuff. Michael Jackson was charting every month of some year. I mean, pretty much his career. Just the guy was just, he was doing it. Ain't no surprise there. Thanks so much for sharing Billboard Trivia. And lastly, for our news updates, our sweet, sweet segment where we check in on Taj Jackson's GoFundMe progress for his independent film, The Truth Runs Marathons. And drumroll as to where Taj Jackson is. 29.928. 3727% to goal. 
Let's get to 30% and keep it going. That's it for the That's it for the Black Jackson Estate News Minute. We're rolling we are rolling into Little Michael's top 10 solo songs. User one, you have painstakingly gone through Little Michael's catalog. Tell us your inspiration for this list and what we can look forward to today. Well, my inspiration for this list was Little Michael. We just don't talk enough about Little Michael. Little Michael is a thug, okay? He is a real life, he was a real life thug because this kid was working. And I think I'd forgotten how much he was working before I put the list together. Then I put the list together and I was like, wow. I mean, did he get to go out? Did he, like, I started to understand some of the things he said he missed because he had to have missed them with how much work he was doing. And you almost can't wrap your minds around it fully. And so I wanted to definitely show some love to little Michael. He had some solo albums um, on Motown um, before they left to go to Epic and so many gems, so many gems on those albums, so many misses, but the ones that hit really hit and some of them. So let me disclaimer the list. So there's a top 10, little Michael Jackson's top 10 hits a couple of them, I think, are actually J5 songs. But if you woo-woo in the background and that's all you do, I'm just not prepared to give you a lot of credit. So I'm going to call it a little Michael song and the, and keep it pushing like that. So that was kind of the inspiration behind the list. But I'm curious, you guys, when I was putting the, the list together it was overlapping the release of these songs or these albums were overlapping so many other things that Jackson five were doing at Motown. And just as a precursor, I think everyone's aware that Jackson five got signed to Motown, I think in 68 and it it was pretty much off to the races from there. Not long after they got signed, they started, they were releasing hits, you know, number ones back to back to back. So Motown immediately saw, I mean, they just exploded on the scene immediately saw the potential in the group, but most especially in Michael. I'm curious before we even get to the top 10, what do you guys think about the idea that this 10 year old is carrying the weight of his family? His, I mean, he's got a whole career, you know, at this point, and it's all based on his voice and the idea that he can entertain, he can dance. What do y'all think about that and how it impacted his entire life, the rest of his life? You know, I was watching this Jaleel White, a clip of Jaleel White's Uncensored. Um, what channel is that come on? What Uncensored? channel is that? Yes. Same channel that Unsung comes on? TV One. TV One. Thank you, TV One, for that content. Jaleel White talking about being a child actor while playing Steve Urkel on Family Matters. And one of the things he mentioned that he likes to pass along to other children in the business and their parents is to remind the parents not to quit their day job because once the family is basing their monthly expenses on what a child is earning. It changes the power dynamics in the household and it's, it's inevitable and there's no way around it. And when you frame it that way, thinking about Michael being one of the youngest 
the third youngest in this family and generating a huge chunk of the income for for uh, everyone. I think there's no way that that didn't have an effect on him and how he saw his parents and how he saw the rest of the world. I can only imagine what it's like balancing tutoring and getting good grades and trying to put yourself in a position to be a successful adult and being a really good entertainer, trying to become the best entertainer, clocking the hours that they were clocking. It's all kind of madness to me, but this music is some of my favorite music in Michael's catalog because he was really trying to emote. And I don't know how he found those emotions in himself, but little Michael uh, is full of drama in all of his songs and that's what makes them so good. Yeah, I think, I think Michael, you know, I, I think about as an adult, you know, working and paying bills and taking care of, you know, yourself or other people, how draining that is as an adult who understands the value of working to working hard to get what you need or get what you want as a child who I don't even think, you know, as a child, you don't fully grasp the magnitude of adulting. And to have to be an adult at 10 is just tragic. I can understand why later in life, Michael just wanted to, you know, be Peter Pan and, and, and create his own Neverland, which he did. Um, Because, you know, the burnout is real as an adult. Um, But when we get burned out, we could take a vacation or, you know, mental health days from work or, you know, call out because we ain't got no gas. But as 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 the breadwinner of your family, the head of this group, like Michael didn't have, uh, you know, PTO. Michael worked a lot and he couldn't stop. (laughs) No PTO for the baby. No, no PTO. (laughs) No sick days, neither. So, I mean, I, I, I can only imagine. I mean, people talk about as an adult, how he was, you know, weird or, you know, the things that people like to say, you just think, well, well, how would you react? Like if if now you got all the money in the world, well, not all the money in the world, but he had enough money and enough clout to do what he wanted to do. He wanted to build a theme park in his house. He he did that. He wanted to run around with super soakers. He did that because he didn't get a chance to do that when he was a child and more so than his brothers because his brothers were older than him. And they grew up in Gary, so they had a lot of time, a lot more time than he did, except for Marlon, probably, to be children before they were these famous Jackson 5, you know. So kudos to Michael. I mean, I'm surprised he he made it as far as he did and, and wasn't completely crazy. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I I try to frame. I don't think his brothers ever tried to diminish what Michael was saying, but sometimes the way they answer the question that's asked of them a lot, which is, you know, Michael said he didn't have a childhood. Do you guys, you know, how do you even they go, oh, well, no, I had a child. It's like, yeah, because you weren't the boys. So while you were, while he was recording, y'all could go do these other things because y'all weren't David Ruffin. Y'all weren't Smokey Robinson. You weren't mm-hmm. Michael. David you just Ruffin, bad, 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 bad. No, no. David Ruffin. <laughs> David Ruffin and no. the Temptations. Michael, no. little Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I just well, think. Let's that... not forget, Diane Ross really did say that. 
that she did. And I mean, I mean, I mean, just to be honest, that's what it was. You know, they were background singers. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, I think somebody else, so there's some book where somebody else who's in the business was saying, you know, you can find four other guys. The, the, the gimmick with them was that, and not to, this is not to say they're not talented. They're very talented. The gimmick was that they were all related, that they were all brothers. That's the gimmick here. Because otherwise you take this little kid and you can just put four grown men behind them. Give him some pips. Uh, Michael actually did that uh, when he went on his solo tour. And he, hush, you give that 12 year, that 10 year old some pips and he's still going to shine, you know, but the gimmick here, which was a good gimmick, right? So let's give Barry Gordy, let's give Joe Jackson and Barry Gordy their credit for this and Catherine Jackson. The gimmick is these are brothers. That's okay. That's cool. Right. And this is definitely in the, in the frame and the continuation of family groups, right? They weren't the first, but this was really big, especially back in the day, family groups coming out with whatever talent it was that they had. So it's like, I I don't think they intend to diminish what Michael was saying about not having a childhood, but when you really look at it, you go, he, he, he had a different experience from them because they weren't as needed as he was when it came down to the hits and get into the bag. Yeah, I think Michael and Jermaine both made it clear that as the two leads, they spent... As the what? The two leads, as Jermaine frames it. <laughs> y'all, love, spent, y'all love to repeat Jermaine when it is convenient to repeat Jermaine. And I just want to throw that out there. But go ahead. When I'm is it not to- convenient to quote Jermaine in a Michael Jackson podcast? It's <sighs> always relevant. Mm. Um, but as I was saying, Jermaine, Jermaine, we love you. Jermaine, we do love you. Uh, and he said they spent a lot of time together and often had to record when the rest of the brothers didn't. So you can Jermaine imagine with his, his two lines, Jermaine with Stop his two it. lines. So you Daddy's can imagine. Daddy's home. <laughs> oh that was God. a solo Your record. Daddy's. Michael was on that. I heard him back then. Daddy's home. I heard him in the background. Michael is not on Daddy's home. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't that, think so. That's the, that ain't the Jacksons in the background. Ooh, wooing. He, he's on a different. No, I don't think that's them on Daddy's. Are home. you positive? I'm not positive, but I, I'm willing to bet. Now, I do think they are on some other Jermaine songs, but that's not one of them. I don't think. What do you guys think, listeners? Tell us in the comments. Is the is Michael and the rest of the brothers? Do you think they're on the backgrounds for Daddy's Home by Jermaine Jackson? I'm gonna say no. Anyway, only um, only Wiki can tell. Yeah, Jermaine said those two spent a lot of time together recording vo- vocals, and you can imagine how much more time Michael spent by himself recording vocals. Exactly, I think I'm that's saying. the right. That's the T part, right? It's like, yeah, it's just you know what I mean, and that's just like anyone, you know. Uh, there's 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 just that that person that is the glue in this instance, you know, and they have to work a little harder and in michael's case you know he's the front man period you know what i mean period there's no jermaine was the heartthrob of the jackson five but the front man like that's michael without michael how do you think that okay let me ask you y'all this without michael do the jackson five have four consecutive number one hits and if they don't have number one hits do they have success period and what is the longevity of that success absolutely not no no to what Apps to to both parts. I think that without Michael, you know, they do not have four consecutive number one hits because Michael Jackson was 
as you said, the voice. And I think they called him, what did they call him? The, the a little kid with the big, with the, with the grown man voice, you know, a little a midget in a, uh, uh, or a grown man in a midget's body. Uh, he's the voice. So they, they don't have four hits, period. The other brothers have decent vocals. Jermaine is probably crawling up there with the best set of vocals after Michael, but it's not strong enough to carry a group any further than, uh, I mean, think about it. The Temptations, as good as they were, went for years without a number one hit. And all them could sing. That's all I'm saying. You ain't never hear Otis lead no song. What song did Otis lead? Otis didn't, Otis didn't need to lead job was not to see he knew his role and he knew his lane his job was not to do lead his job was to harmonize okay <laughs> okay doom, doom. period <laughs> doom, doom. ain't nobody coming to see doom. otis okay mm-hmm. yeah it's a very it's a i think again it just doing this research to get ready for this episode really reminded me how hard this kid was working and there was a moment where i really felt sad for him because I thought about me being 10 and it was just fun. You know, if I wanted to rake some leaves for a dollar, five or whatever, you know, like, okay, cool. I did that. got me a little change. I'm going to go on to the Dollar General and buy up all the candy they got. And it's cool, but I'm going back out to play later. And I just thought about a 10-year-old at this point. And he'd been working since before then, being in that position. And I just, I mean, I felt sad for him. And, you know, I think Michael didn't, he knew that he was working hard, but I mean, I, I'd like to think that especially little Michael, young Michael, um, felt like, like Whitney Houston said she felt, you know, it was fun, you know, like she would go out there and she was saying, and she, I remember her saying in, in the documentary that they did about her, like, she said it was fun. It, it went off the rails when it wasn't fun anymore. That, and and we, that's the question. If, if Look at how when Michael started his career. At what point in time do you think it wasn't fun anymore? Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. Like, we all can maybe pinpoint one or two moments in time where we're like, I don't think he's enjoying this no more. You know, I mean, he said that he didn't want to tour his whole life. He said that. Um, For him to go back and do This Is It at 50, I mean, we look at the rehearsals and the footage that we have from that. He he doesn't, it looks like a job, you know? Yeah, it looks like a job. But... A lot of us are good at our jobs and we don't think it's fun anymore. You know, I think he I think he just um, Ashley and I were talking about it. You know, the Oprah interview had a lot of hits and a lot of misses and the misses were mainly because of Oprah. Some of them were because of Michael, but mostly it was her. But one of the hits was when he you know, every now and again, he would really reveal something about himself, but he never got too deep. And. You know, one part she says, you know, we you were sad, you know, you were growing up, you were sad, but, you know, we see you on TV, we see you smiling and singing and dancing, and you're so happy. And he said, there was a lot of sadness about my past life, about those years in my life. And um, we know that part of that for him was the changes he was going through physically and vocally, but it also makes you wonder, like, was he just sad? Because he just did not want to do this anymore. Really listening to those solo albums they're flat in a lot of places. Right. But then they have these sparks. Right. And Motown was just, they would, I mean, the kid was recording and they would put it together and release it, you know? (laughs) And so 
to kind of pivot on that idea before we even get into the top 10, I just want to read what was happening in the seventies with the albums. So got to be there was released January 24th, 1972. Ben, another album that he did for Motown was released August the 8th, 1972. These two albums, same year. Music and Me was released April 15th, 1973. And Forever Michael on Motown was released January 16th, 1975. Now, those are the, the solo albums. He's still recording with his brothers. He's still doing that part as well. But then let me just do the B side to this, which is their tours. 1970, they did 14 shows from February to October. Um, 1971, they did 37 shows. 1972, they did 47 shows. 1972, they also went to Europe and did a number of shows there. 1973 to 75, they did the J5 World Tour. All of this is happening in between the cartoon show and the appearances and going on the dating game, which he looked so uncomfortable doing. And, you know, it's just like, wow, a talk about the the pull and push of this kid. Did he sleep? Soundtracks. You got Ben, you got Lady Sings the Blues with Happy. He's all over the place. Who who wouldn't be tired? I would be like, how much money do we make? Because I'm about ready to be done. Switch me. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, think about all those photo shoots in between time. And yeah. remember, they're doing... Motown photo shoots they're doing magazine mm-hmm. photo shoots uh-huh. but then you have like Ebony and Jet who come over to their house for a photo yep. spread every other week just because they can and then you got your mama letting fans in the house for dinner like it's too much I it's don't constant. know how the kid did it it's constant like right okay so let's add to what you just said photo shoots interviews um appearances here there or wherever you know what I mean you got to show up for Motown's stuff for promotional stuff over here you got to show up for this over here and he's got to be there he doesn't get to say oh I'm tired tonight that's Tito Tito can stay at the hotel that's fine but Michael you gotta go and so this kid was just doing it all and you realize what you said what he's got to be there (laughs) (laughs) got to can you, can no. you imagine always being on like always there's You're always on your mama letting people in the damn house you can't eat <laughs> like, not only is she letting people in the house they breaking in too right like can you imagine always having your guard up like that is yeah. exhausting that is my worst nightmare all, all the time Mm-hmm. Black people do it, you know. We have to be on in certain instances, and it's exhausting even for those couple of hours when you it's get it. It's called code switching for you guys who don't know. We do it's it at work. Code switching. We do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, until you make a show our ass, and then we switch right back. It's gonna get yeah. real. But yeah, no. Look, look at it, like I think that's where he said like he didn't know how to be around normal people. This is what he meant. Like, this was his life. How could he know how when he was, like you said, always on? The only time he's not on is when he's sleeping. Because but from the time that kid wakes up until the time that kid goes to bed, he's on. And that's, let me just, let's just, we're just giving the claps to little Michael Jackson. Because you find me a grown people working harder in show business than a little 10-year-old Michael Jackson was working. 
it's so interesting this this period of his life that we're talking about that we're really showing a lot of respect and love for tonight is the start of so many things great and so many things he could have never imagined as a 12 year old, he would, the situations he would be in. So we just, we just want to love on little Michael Jackson a little bit and go through what we feel are his top 10 tracks. So kicking it off at number 10. So the number one being the best 10 being the uh, bottom of the list. Number 10 is Rockin' Robin. Rockin' Robin was on the album Got To Be There. It definitely charted on Billboard. Billboard Hot 100, it charted. It peaked at number two. Um, and it was uh, Billboard's best-selling soul sing- single. It was number two for that as well. And um, it's a it's a definite hit, but it's a, it's a re-release. It's a re-recording of a song originally recorded by Bobby Day in 1958. You know what, though? I like that. Bob, Michael literally, he just did his version of it. He didn't change it up. He didn't do nothing. He just did he it. But, it oh, I was going to say, that key wasn't so disrespectful. That, that, that seems like a manageable key, because Michael was up in a Mariah Carey uh, Mariah Carey, that's <laughs> like a Jermaine key. But you know right? what? He, little Michael Jermaine. was singing. Did Jermaine record a demo for this as well? And it just didn't. Ooh. That, no. So have you ever thought about that? Like, no. I know, I know no. that happens a lot, though. People will record multiple songs on the same beat. Sure. And then ultimately it's whoever gets it. Do you think that Jermaine and, My- and Michael had shit like that? Where like No, studio time Jermaine costs money. Version. No, we don't need to do that yeah. with Jermaine. That's a waste. Studio time costs money. Yeah. But shout out. We love you, Jermaine. What would you, you do with the Jermaine show. version of Rock and Robin right now? <laughs> Put on Bobby Days. Oh no, that was that wasn't necessary. That, so what's number wow. nine? Number nine on our list of Little Michael Jackson's top ten songs. Ain't no sunshine. This is love. And she's gone. Boom, boom, boom. Only nine for this masterpiece? Oh, because he's got so many. Gosh, this is also from the album Got to Be There, but we know this was this is uh, written by Bill Withers. So, all right, and they he ain't and Bill Withers did this. And his um, version, I was about to say, his version is fire. Yeah, we gonna go have to give the original. I was this again, y'all. This is a a re-recording. This is a cover of another song of a song by someone else and the problem the, the little michael sung this song about ain't no son like okay y'all remember the intro to this song but it's just like my girl when she's around me i just feel so good so good man you know the listen, listen. It's, it's got a lot of power i feel oh, yeah. i'm seeing <laughs> the parallels here you know? oh my god you are so right bum, 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 bum. But wait a minute, let me read it. Let me read the intro to y'all. You ever want something that you know you shouldn't have? The stop. More, stop the right more, there. Stop right there. The we more, are talking about chocolate? Ask you for this. We the didn't more, ask you for this. Listen, uh-huh. the more what you know, the more you know you shouldn't have it, the more you want it. And then <laughs> one day, and then one day you get it. And it's good. It's so good. What, Skittles? What? M&Ms? what are you talking about? What? No, Bill was talking about. But no, Bill didn't say none of that shit. I was about to say, Bill this... didn't start this, start with no, no. monologue. Wait a minute, this don't Bill Withers no, version ma'am. don't start with a monologue? No! no. no Who wrote Bill this, Withers? Barry? 
I I don't know. That is why Joe. it's so wild. Ain't no way Joseph Walter Jackson wrote that. <laughs> he ain't even got that nah, kind of he game. Got that game. He ain't for nobody. Are you nah, fucking kidding Joe me? But yeah, he killed that and he did it. And again, this goes back to the idea of like, how many takes you think it took for him to nail that? You think he was Michael was a real one take taker? No. Or he, yeah. I give him two, two takes. No. Two what? takes. Barry, Barry had to come through and say, Michael, say that line a little bit better. He probably had to do the front part a couple of times because hell, he was, you know, two years old when he was talking about you ever had something so bad that you did, couldn't get whatever. But the actual <laughs> singing part, he killed that. Nah, he five, killed that. five to ten takes on that because no kid is just gonna come into that. Nah, deliver. I just don't believe it. Even that monologue that had to take a couple to just yeah. get the way they wanted it to sound, which was weird. Um, yeah, but it sounded good. Yeah, no. All right, so that comes in at a hard number nine. Moving on to number eight, drum roll. Little Michael Jackson's top ten hits for us is "People Make the World Go Round." I like that, man. Round and around and around. Originally recorded by who, y'all? Uh, I don't know, is it, but it was It's on not Crickler. the Shy Lights, is it? Mm-mm, nope. Hold on. Hold on. The, it was dramatic. The first time I heard it was on nope. Crooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's on the Crooklyn soundtrack. That's the first time I heard it, too. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Emotions. It's by the stylistics. Nope. The stylistics. God, y'all. That's on their debut album. They came out the gate strong with that one. It reached Yo. for them. Yeah, it reached twenty five on the Billboard Hot one hundred for them, and twenty five on the Adult Contemporary charts, and number six on the Black charts, the Soul charts in the United States. It's a great song, and Michael Jackson covered it for the Ben album. Um, and so, uh, yeah, he gave a real nice rendition of that song. And I don't know if anyone is, they gave him a lot of stuff to cover other artists, but he did such a good job. I think this is just another, uh, no, not yet. Uh, this is just <laughs> another <laughs> iteration of the fact that he was able to sing other people's stuff very convincingly. Very well. Yeah. Uh, the, the, listen, the lyrics to this song, the first line of the song, Trashmen didn't get my trash today. Oh, why? Because they want more pay. Buses on strike want to raise and fare so they can help pollute the air. I mean, this song is so, first of all, relevant in any time period. Is this the start of Woke, Michael? But, like, the right, like, the fact that this kid is singing a song about, you know, social injustice, economic, th- like, really? It's pretty dope. He did pretty dope. But you know what? I think one point five. He knew what he was saying. You are drawing yeah, right. a, you are drawing a very straight and convincing line from "People Make the World Go Round" at fourteen years old to Earth Song in 1995, mm-hmm. 96. And I think I can I can get with that. And you know, you're drawing that line to "Man in the Mirror" and some of these other things. He was definitely they singing. They don't care some, about us. They yeah. don't care about us. He was singing some mature lyrics at uh, mature lyrics, but he also was singing some pretty aware lyrics. Whether or not he. Uh, you know, some things seep into you, you subliminally and your subconscious. And maybe this was one of those songs. Great cover from the Ben album. Don't know if I said that. Came out in 1972. If y'all remember, got to be there and Ben both those albums. This kid dropped two albums in 1972. Um, so. He was the DMX of soul music. <laughs> Except he didn't go platinum. 
<laughs> how much did did you say uh that i mean they didn't even have platinum back then right so he just went gold several times. i think he went gold yeah a couple of times he definitely hit the charts different um, yeah good for him very good song and um everyone i think has remembered it from something was it michael's version in kirkland or was it the stylistics Stylistics version. Yeah, it was sure. definitely the stylistics okay. version. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and right, that one right. it, again is a superior version. But Michael and I think Motown did a really good job of this. Michael gives you good drama, and the lyrics are good. So giving Michael uh, something to create with and changing the arrangement just slightly and allowing him to give a different vocal performance is what makes it unique and makes it stand out. So. It's a bop. If y'all haven't listened to it, of course, it's down in the show notes. You need to go ahead and hit play on that one. It's a good soulful rendition. What's y'all's favorite part of that song? I do have a favorite part of that song that Michael sings. I'm fast forwarding the the song. Okay, so um, people make the world go round. The part that makes me say, oh, he did that was I like the, you know, the the bridge. So that's what makes the world go round. that part is really good to me. That's that. That's the oh, best yeah. part. No, I he hit like the me- the melody he did, he of it. it. Yeah, he said, "Cut this when I Oh yeah, he hit some runs in there. Yeah, he everything. was higher than me. He yeah, he was higher than me. I was. I can't get that high. I, yeah. I think my favorite part was when he went. People make the world go round and around and around. And I think that might have been my yeah, favorite part. Yeah, that was some part. Motown shit right there. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like that part at all. I love that part of the song. People well go round and around and around. i was like they drama. sure do drama big drama so much drama what was yours ash cash i ain't really got no favorite part of this song i think it's a unit and it's in an impossible key and but he hit the notes young man yeah he, he hit the notes so shout out to little michael jackson coming in at Number eight on our top 10 of his best songs. Little Michael Jackson's best songs is top 10. People Make the World Go Round, originally recorded by the Stylistics, re-recorded by Little Michael Jackson. Coming in at number seven, we got a number, another drum roll, please. We're going to take it down a little bit. Matter of fact, we're already down. A lot of his best songs are, you know, some... Some some slow songs. But we're going to go to number seven, which is Music and Me. Music and Me the from the album of the same name. <laughs> Music and Me that was released in 1973. So a year after Got to Be There and Ben came out, Motown decided, hey, we got some more hits for this kid. And we can juice this uh, orange a little bit more. We can squeeze it for a little more juice. Come out with Music and Me. That comes in at number seven for us. How you guys feel about Music and Me being the number seven song on the list? What do you guys think about that song? It's a great song. I mean, the, my favorite line, there have been others, but never two lovers like music and me and I think that's really indicative of Michael's life honestly I mean the music came first for him throughout his entire life I don't think he realized it was going to be that way when he recorded the song but it's a it's a great song it's a really 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 great song 
let me give y'all some chart positions for the music in me album billboard uh 200 it peaked at 92 okay but all right since that 100 um as far as the r&b charts it did peak at 24 so um and there's some hits on this some more hits that we're going to talk about later but this is um it starts to feel like motown some of the songs on this album are absolutely throwaways and um i think that's why michael was maybe so fastidious about the the songs he put on his solo albums because he ain't want no throwaways because most of them definitely gave him a lot of throwaways they would just like sing it just do it Josie you need to sing the song like y'all we gotta get the Joe Jackson voice down Josie what I think the Joe Joe Jackson voice is like the Batman voice, like a little raspy, a little bit deeper. (laughs) I I tell you what, y'all. We're going to keep it positive-ish and move to number six, which is, drumroll please, a fool for you. This my shit. A fool for you written by who? Who wrote this, y'all? I, I turn. <laughs> I don't know who you're fired. Fired. We gotta. We gotta Is really do some. We, we gotta. We gotta get into our our R and B soul fifties, forties, fifties, and sixties bag a little harder. Written by the one and only, no other like him, Mr. Ray Charles. Um, oh and, shit! Ah, his version is great. I love and, that. And released in 1958, it was actually recorded by Michael, but not released by Motown at the time that it was recorded. I believe it came out later in the 90s when they were releasing some compilation discs. So if you also note, what I noticed was that, and it was very intentional, when Michael would release an album for Epic, Sony would come around and release something. <laughs> they were trying to just ride the wave. They did this for everything. Um, and you it's mean so smart. Motown? Who did I say? You said Sony. Epic and Sony. Oh. <sighs> the same person. Yeah, every time Michael would release something on Epic, Motown would come around and release some sort of unreleased or compilation Michael album <laughs> on their end. And that's very smart uh, to kind of push some sales um, since they no longer had the artist, but they had this catalog of stuff he'd done. So I think this was one of the ones that was kind of in the bag. But basically how Michael harmonized himself on the I've Been a Fool, the Raylets come in at some point. Oh, okay. I got you. Oh, don't look. Well, let me go ahead and give Ray Charles all the props. That's definitely the blues in a way. Michael Michael definitely get, gave us some blues, but Ray on that piano gave us a different kind of blues um, in 1958. But um, what y'all think about that one? Yeah, that one's a bop for real, for real. I'm watching this Janet auction. They are spending so much money on trash. Well, some of it's not trash. Like that, this, that Latoya is, thing is is out of the control. Twenty six hundred dollars is way too much. I mean, the numbers keep going up, and Julian's is talking about click to bid fifteen hundred. LOL, girl. No. <laughs> uh, what was the question? What do you think about the song? This one I would rank a lot higher. I think it is one of his more soulful performances. I understand why it wasn't released, but it's a really good Michael Jackson deep cut. Um, you know, I, I, I heard this song. I've only listened to it a couple of times, uh, but it's definitely one of, like Ashley said, one of his more more soulful ones. But coming after Ray Charles, you can't help but be soulful. I mean, Ooh. you can't do... 
you got to do it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can't do the song justice if you don't add a little soul to it because you everything right. that Ray Charles touched was dripping mm-hmm. in swag and soul, you know? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a great song. I, I might agree with, with, with user too. It, it maybe should have been a little higher up, but I don't know what's above it. So, you know, I guess we just going to ride it out and see mm-hmm. what's coming well, up ahead of it. It ain't. It's at number six. Okay. Well, you know, like rats. I said, I just, I just, <laughs> right. The rat clearly well, I wanna, must be well, higher. So. Well, let me tell y'all this. I want y'all to, I want to uh, give you a quick 30 seconds. You only get 30 seconds. A lot of famous artists covered this song. Uh, soul artist. Go ahead and give me your guess at who probably covered this song. Also, in, in addition to Lil Michael Jackson, and probably did the damn thing. Who? Go. Sammy. Steve Correct. Stevie Wonder is one of the artists who covered this song. That comes in at number six. Anything else anybody want to say about number six, A Fool for You, on Lil Michael Jackson, the Black Jackson Estates top ten? Love it. Love it. Number five, a song we all can relate to and a song that we all can relate to because we've had one of these in our lives at some point or another. Ben, a rat. You've had a rat in your life, I promise you, whether it was your boyfriend, (laughs) (laughs) that coworker at work that's ratting you out. Like You've had a rat in your life in your kitchen. You've Mm -hmm. had a rat in your life, I promise you. Rats. (laughs) Oh, you sign up. Right, finally. She can hold it. Listeners, you can't yeah. see it, but I'm holding up a sign that says rats says on rats. it. And shout out to Kyla, who is my Janet Jackson concert buddy. Um, she put me on to the the miracle known as rats and helped me to have an appreciation for them that I never knew it exists. And they are weird little creatures. And I still have y'all ever seen the movie Ben? Yeah, I didn't like it. That shit is scary as fuck. Yeah, that wasn't for me. It's like a horror film. Mm-hmm. And then you've got little Michael singing this sweet, sweet song in the background. And it's literally like, uh, all, the, it's the white rats with the red eyes. And that's, those are the yeah, scary rats. Those are the scary, scary ones. Yeah. That's not the one he was petting on in Gary. They got them brown rats in Gary. That was Mr. Rat. <laughs> Big difference. Finally got him. So Ben comes out in 1972. I believe this is Little Michael Jackson's first number one. <laughs> first Man. number one. Still finally got him. <laughs> <laughs> finally got him. He's doing it Joe's voice. Finally got him. Yes, and and it was in the words of Destiny. Shout out Destiny. That <laughs> damn rat. rat. <laughs> what the hell so what did we learn then from this guys what did we learn about Ben what did we learn about the man almost got an Oscar singing about a rat what did we learn here that's weird (laughs) not funny haha but funny weird no yeah I hate it like Uh, it's a song about a mouse and the academy was M-I-C-K-E-Y M-O-U-S-E. This kid had Who's Loving You. And y'all gave mm. him the Oscar for the about gave him an Oscar mm-hmm. for the red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. Maybe it, but you know what? It won a golden. It won a golden globe for best song. 
Oh, it actually got a golden glove. It did get a golden glove, a golden glove, a golden glove for a best song. Um, uh, So, you know, you know, it is what it is. Um, Oh, shit. So that is number five for us. Moving straight into number four, a killer song. I wanna, 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 wanna be where you are. Wow, you put that at number four, bro? Number four. I'm sorry for being disrespectful and using the wrong pronouns, but that's quite upsetting. That's such a bop from the album. Got to be there, really. Probably got to be there. Number four? Number four. Four. Wow, I can't wait to see what's number one, y'all. What I was about to say, these next three must be fire. They number gotta be. Four. Michael must got some songs I forgot about. Michael, because this uh, one, you don't like this one. This one, this, this, this is you know one or two, and it ain't two. This is uh uh four. Obviously, that was four. It's four, four on this list, four. but I'm talking about in the reality and. One, the big scheme of things, um, I don't think it's not, it's definitely not. Other songs have charted higher, but okay, so there's a ranking based off of charts. No, 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 I don't know how you're ranking. I'm asking you, you're saying it's about how it hit me, and it hit you at four. Oh, yeah, because there's a couple more that I think hit a little harder. Listeners, what do you think? It's number four, and you ain't gonna. You can disagree, but you won't change it. It's written in blood. Number four, I want to be where you are from. Got to be there. It hits Billboard's Hot 100 at number 16, and on the Soul R&B Black, uh, you know who charts. It goes for number two. Again, Lil Michael is hitting a range that nobody else is hitting, and he's he's screeching a little bit at the end. Uh, but that's alright. He like a kid about to get beat or getting beat. Out of it! Out of it! It's, it's another it's, impossible thing. <laughs> that's a fucking fact. It's just like, but he hits them. He hits those notes. Mm-hmm. And he just, uh, it's a great Motown song. Great Motown production. Great uh, musicianship. I believe that's his brothers in the back going, oh! It's giving know. Jackie Jackson in the background. I feel like that's them back there. Yeah. Um, I could. This one is one of those that was probably in a Jackson Five session because it could have easily been a Jackson Five song. So the song was written by Leon Ware and Arthur Ross. I want you guys to guess who Arthur is the little brother of. That's uh, also known as Chico Ross, Diana Ross's little brother, and Leon Ware. Well, it says he's T Boy. Is it Chico? Yeah. Okay. I think, wait, is Artibo and Chico two different brothers? I think Actually, that might be two different. I think those are two different ones. And I'm getting them confused because I think T-Boy was the one who wrote. Chico is still in Diana Ross's band. And <laughs> she lets him dance for a solo at least like 30 <laughs> seconds every show. And he is everything. But uh, Leon Ware basically wrote the full I Want You album for Marvin Gaye and he basically it was a demo and you can listen to that on iTunes I'll put that in the show notes as well but listen to that whole album for folks who are fans of that Marvin Gaye album and then you'll see Marvin pretty much just bought this concept from somebody else and did the the things that only Marvin Gaye could have done which are take these songs that already existed and make them his 
and they are his songs uh, because he bought them. But yeah. um, they together they came up with that tweaked version of the song and again it's super unique and it's fire but michael's version is very different and it's also fire all right here we go i got three more churros to eat i think go ahead coming in hot and heavy at number three on little michael jackson's top 10 hits with a child's heart this is too high it's just right. It's not too hot. Not it's too not hot. too cold. <laughs> it is just right. With a Child's Heart is a cover from a Stevie Wonder song. It does chart very high for the R&B charts. And that is at number 14 and number 50 on the pop charts. And With a Child's Heart, I'm trying to think. I don't have here what album it comes off of. But I don't know. I'll figure it out. But yeah, With a Child's Heart bringing it down a little bit this is the one this is one of the songs where user two you've talked a lot about this in the top 10 michael was in a a very high range this is one where the range fit the range was good i have a question though user one what made you choose this as number three what were your that's what the people want to know criteria what were your criteria for top ranking song it's a good song I like it higher than the others, but not higher than the top two. And so that's why it comes in at number three. Next I question. With this list. So I, I don't want to hear it. jack shit from user two uh, or no. user 1.5. I was just asking. Because they were both given an opportunity we to say, mm, I think I that one's asking. a little too high or I think that one's a little too low. And I just they say the shit. Process. I told you it's it's less than the others. It's higher than (laughs) (laughs) it's less than others. It's higher than others. And so it lands at number three. What I won't do is if you want the smoke, you can certainly get it, but I ain't going to take shit from none of the users on this line who are now critics of the list after they sat and slept on the shit for a week. You know, Let how me tell, you know, I was gonna say the same thing. Black people get so upset. I was just asking. I don't a know question. how how you getting to that number. I got to it like I got to it. <laughs> it's a bad process. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, listen, if you guys want to know more about user one, this list is a window to her mm, soul. Right. She threw darts at the board or something. I just don't I ain't throw no darts at the board, but I'd be happy. <laughs> I'd be happy to throw your ass at a board if I can lift you. You and user too. You and the little midget on the other side. I throw both y'all asses at a board. She's turned to pejoratives. She's turned to pejoratives. (laughs) Yep. She's upset. We we in the mud, baby. We in the mud. There are so many (laughs) listeners that can identify with this feeling. They be on the other side of this motherfucker hot. When you came for them fucking band aids. And got them shin guards. <laughs> listen, if you right. have to smoke, listen, the you can email. You can, hot. You can, yeah, you they can was hot DM about that arm brace, too. You can mm-hmm. DM me directly. The armbands was a bad choice. The knees was a bad choice. The only man who need knee pads on his knees is a man who's doing things that require knee pads on his knees. Maybe uh. dancing, maybe not. But y'all do what you want to do. what's that supposed to be? <laughs> Well, ladies might need the knee pads too. And maybe we should really think about that, ladies, and bring it up at the next meeting. <laughs> I'm joking to death. <laughs> the 
maybe somebody needs to make die. a motion on that at the next meeting to keep you safe when you're this doing is what how you I'm need gonna to do. die. <laughs> Put the What's board the down. <laughs> Put the board down. And let me give little Michael's his shout out for with the child. So I'm not gonna let them do this to little Michael. Little Michael sung that song. He said, with the child's heart, go face the worries of the day. Turn each problem into play. And let me tell you what. As adults, that's what we do. Okay? You got a crazy coworker? You just sound so angry about it. I just... You, you got know. a crazy coworker? You got crazy users that's supposed to support you, but don't. I just go face those problems with a child's heart. And so, shout out to little Michael Jackson for recording a real gem. Wait, with a child's heart? You just called us a bitch. What? That's bitch. Just- <laughs> and don't bleep me out neither ashley Rats. <laughs> put that notepad down all right we're moving in real hot and heavy to number two because there's so much disrespect at number three that i just won't allow it to continue number two mj fam we're coming in hot and heavy little michael jackson's top 10 hits number two who's loving you now let me be clear this is actually a j5 song okay y'all all right you understand what i'm saying it's actually a j5 song from what album y'all abc one two three third album all right it's from diana ross presents the jackson five Shit, but that was on the first one as really? I have said at the top of this, if all you do is ooh ooh in the background, I'm gonna give it to Little Michael. It's his song, and that's pretty much what happens here with "Who's Loving You." They just do the "Who's Loving You." Matter of fact, we could have harmonized that part and just sent it in, but anyway, we weren't alive or nothing like that at the time. So, but anyway, coming in at number two, "Who's Loving You." I think you're back on track here. I'm just interested in knowing why this was the only Jackson Five esque song that you permitted because because then it gets a little too wild to be honest mm, I Think can about see it. I can get it I get that I guess live version is the one that had the boys have to run off the stage when they performed it um I gave her my cookies <laughs> which is crazy when you think about it like here's this kid he's 12 years old 10 yeah he's 12 years old he's on tour like- 12 to 13. He's, yeah, he's 12 years old on this tour. They start touring in 70. This comes out in on that first album. So he's def- they're definitely performing this one. And the girls are going wild. And you have to exit the, exit the stage. Y'all wonder why he was scared of y'all. I gave him my cookies. <laughs> we fell out there in milk period. I'll tell you. Number two. Little Michael Jackson's top ten hits from the black jackson estate is who's loving you which actually technically is a song from the jackson five albums but either way when you ooh woo and that's all you do we're gonna give it to little michael all right coming in at number one hot and heavy easy 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 number one Mm. got to be there okay from the album got to be there okay charts at number 14 on the billboard 200 Really great song. You hear it still today. I will put on Foxy 107-104. Shout out to our local R&B and Soul Station. And I will hear that song come on easy above any other little Michael Jackson songs. It will be played. Got to be there. What do you guys think about that one? Classic. Yeah, Classic. it's great. It's great. You know, Five the end mic. part. 
great, yeah. He's he does it. He does it easily. Yeah, Did they a, do this on tour? Did they do this on tour? I hope not. Because it's hot. It's so. another impossible key. Yeah. By the time you go on tour, your voice has undoubtedly changed. Mm-hmm. Because you're 12. And your yeah. voice slowly changes every five minutes. I just don't know. Suzanne DePass, I'm sure you had a lot of work to do finding the right keys for a group of five teenage boys. My God, my God. What key are we singing in today? The key of Michael. Too high. The key it's definitely high. the key of Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he like was glad this night said in her verses, I don't sing in this key no more. Also, Everybody Somebody's Fool. We got an honorable mention for that song. As well as, um, what's the song you want to use, use her to? I think that was it. Everybody Somebody's Fool. No, that was something else you wanted. You said Almost There. Oh, gosh. If you haven't heard Almost There, where he's straining, which is why it definitely didn't make the list. But go ahead, use it too. Yeah, I love Puberty, Michael. Almost There, and All I Do Is Think of You, All I Do Is Think of You, Michael. Oh, my goodness. It's like you can hear the Axe body spray. You can hear. (laughs) (laughs) The Noxzema. (laughs) (laughs) You can hear the youth, and you can hear the testosterone fighting and I just think um, he had such a sweet voice when he was singing through this period and it's it's one of the joys of enjoying a male artist as they grow like going back and listening to Stevie Wonder's fingertips and then listening to um, A Time to Love you know it's just such a journey of their voice and their range. And yeah, uh, these songs are a lot of them again in impossible keys and got to be there is definitely on that list, but um, not, uh, not those two songs in particular. So if you guys haven't listened to pubescent Michael or teenage Michael going through puberty, the links are down below. That's right. And he did it. Little Michael, on Motown released some songs that again are still being spun on radio today just let that sink in you got artists who would love for someone to play their stuff on the radio today at the midday rush or the lunch rush and Michael Jackson little Michael Jackson still gets that courtesy because he just created and released some really incomparable songs or covers of songs and we just want to appreciate that young little black boy from gary indiana who changed the world that is not an exaggeration and i think our list today explains that if you think we should have came up with a different order or should have trashed some songs or put some different songs in let us know shoot us a message write to us on twitter on instagram or send us a, uh, um, uh, an email, whatever you feel is best for you. Shoot us a DM. Tell us, hey, how in the world did you let, uh, as user two said, I want to be where you are, beat or lose out to 
uh, this one or that one. If you feel we just, got, I just got it wrong. Use one, you just got it wrong. Um, let us know if you feel like you know this list is dope, and I'm gonna put an, uh, a playlist together. Say no more. We've done it, and there's gonna be a link in the show notes for our playlist of these top ten songs, along with the honorable mentions that should be mentioned little michael definitely did the thing anything else we want to leave the people with before we sign off today rats big rats. money in rats everybody's big got money one. in the rat song business if you haven't written a song about a rat get into it think about it Master be creative splinter is still available and I just want to leave that with whomever has the Stuart creativity. Little, Ratatouille. Ooh. Ratatouille had a big we're quarantine. Digging deep? We're digging deep. Yeah, so, you know, get your Jerry, rat on. Jerry. Jerry. Nobody's talked about and Jerry the way he deserves. And it's too hard for me to rat. And it's too hard for me to rat. So do the thing, y'all. Enjoy. We hope you enjoyed our, our countdown of Little Michael Jackson as well as our sometimes too much analysis of how we get here. But, man, what an incredible artist to celebrate and continue to talk about and dissect. Michael Jackson, whose career spans multiple decades, multiple genres of music, and he was able to do each decade and each genre masterfully. So we do pay respect and homage to the king of pop no one other than the loved one michael jackson little michael's top 10 greatest hits solo singles listeners you've made it through the whole episode please please give what you can go to www.paypal.me forward slash blackjack estate tithe a gift unto us and little michael's efforts and uh we'll come back for another episode have a good one we love you wear your mask wear your mask hey or don't if you've been vaccinated vaccinated. what would michael do michael would wear that mask now listen you just keep yourself safe keep others safe stay clean rats